Blog Talk Radio. Dear Heavenly Father, 
Father God, we just come before you and we thank you again for this opportunity. We don't know how long we'll continue to have such opportunities to gather electronically and to be able to lift you up and praise your name and to praise you, Jesus, and thank you for the incredible mercy and this unbelievably awesome part about you and and your your willingness to forgive us and even reveal to us things that are out of alignment with your will things that are potentially considered could could be or maybe or may actually be sins that we perhaps aren't even aware of in our lives things that we feel in our heart things that need to be corrected whatever it is that we need father from you in order to be chosen to be part of the barley harvest. If there is anything more time in prayer that we can spend, we, I feel in my heart, but I, I you know, and, and it certainly seems to be continuously confirmed over and over again that bar none, the most powerful contribution that we can make to the kingdom and our Lord Jesus and the goals, the, uh, the the goals really of the, of 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 the kingdom of god the kingdom of heaven and the things that are about to unfold here on the earth is prayer uh praying you know it's very very hard for us to understand because a lot of times we don't see the fruit of the prayer we don't see the fruit of the prayers always. You know, or sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. But for the vast majority of the prayers, I would submit that at least in my life, in my walk, I do not see uh, the fruit of the prayers directly. Um, and it's all out of faith, which I know pleases you, Father. And I know that we all know that that, that through faith we please you. But, Father, we also we, we want to believe with all of our heart that we're doing everything that we possibly can. So many of us feel and are pummeled, perhaps, by fiery darts in our walk to be, per, I pray in Jesus' name, deceived that it's a deception, that we're not doing enough. And uh, many folks and believers have confided in me their concerns about perhaps that they are not doing enough. Um, and I just, uh, I don't believe that that is true. I believe that if we are putting our time in, if we are seeking you in holiness and righteousness, con- continuous confession of our sins, continuous self uh, reinspection over and over, examination, examination, judging ourselves, reading the scripture, understanding what we ought to be doing, what we ought not to be doing, avoiding those things, confessing of our sins when we discover them, when we trip up, when we make mistakes, bad decisions, whatever the case is, but this is a walk. The best that I can tell in every 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 scripture, no matter how vivid it is and or no matter how subtle it is, it appears as best as I can tell, Father, that as long as we are fervently praying for the salvation of the souls of the lost people of this world and the lost people, not just the lost people in our lives, but the people that are lost in other countries, the people that are lost in, in, uh, in perhaps other places that we used to work, uh, and that we're always in that in a frame of mind and in a frame of prayer and in a, a constant communication with the throne and focused 
on the salvation of souls through those prayers. We don't understand exactly what we know what we pray for. We know that we pray in many cases for angels to be sent down to change their lives or for supernatural miracles to occur in their lives that it would lead them to you, Father. But we don't see that. We don't see these are things that are beyond our ability. We just have to act out of pure, utter faith. Father, if there is anything, any one of our lives, if there is anything, I know I'm not perfect. And I know that a lot of the people that have confided in me have admitted that they are struggling with things as well. And all of us, I think, if we think we're not struggling with things, are probably deceiving ourselves and could potentially even be guilty of presumptuous sin. And you know, it, 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 it puts us at your mercy, and we praise you, Father, that you are such a loving Father. And you know that really, more than anything, as we ping-pong back and forth between the different aspects of the walk that we have to endure, so many of us are perhaps, maybe we don't perceive it that way, but we're, if, we're, if we've been set free from work, if we've been set free from a requirement to answer to employers, if we've been set free from a requirement to um, deal with the world, being forced into the world, I mean literally shoved into the world and pulled away from you, uh, even though we don't want to be, but there's simply no way that we can be in praise and worship and speaking in tongues and and, and, and in your presence while we're thrust before the various meetings and things that, that are required of us to, to, you know, even feed our children. Um, and, and it makes it, the complexity associated with, with our walk is many times a magnitude, hundreds of times more complicated in that regard when, when we have to intermingle and live duplicitous lives. It's not that we don't, are not behaving as your sons and daughters, Father, but it's just the fact that we have to shift gears. There are certain things we can say, certain things we can't say. Otherwise, we'll be unemployed. And then we're, we'll be ill-equipped to be able to give. We'll be ill-equipped to be able to seed into the kingdom. We'll be ill-equipped to be able to help the unsaved um, with the uh, with the benevolence and, and generosity of your blessings upon our lives through our jobs when so many millions of people do not have any at all. And Father, we just, we just pray in Jesus' name that, that you will continue to work with us, continue to lead us, guide us, help our hearts to be able to see and perceive the things that are a part of our lives that perhaps you don't want to be there. Um, but more than anything, to forgive us to continue to forgive us over and over again as we go through this exploratory journey of sanctification, realizing that they're right over the, the crest of the hill where we think that we have maybe come to a place where our walk is where it ought to be. <clears throat> Somehow, in some manner or of another, we oftentimes we'll discover there are more things about ourselves and our walks that need to be improved upon. 
and confessions that we need to confess before you, um, changes in our hearts, changes in our life priorities, changes, and all these things are utterly, utterly, utterly overwhelming for so many of us because we have such an, an enormous, some of us have very simple, simple jobs. They're very, you know, if there is such a thing as very secure, they're comparatively very secure. And others of us have astonishingly complex jobs. And um, and yet at the same time, we, we all have to do the best that we can to continue in our walk of sanctification, our prayers of purification, our time that we set aside to be with you, but also to be able to balance out different aspects of our lives, which in many cases can have half a dozen different major aspects that have to be balanced out with many, many people involved. And it's just, it just makes a person stutter to even consider the things that, that we, that many of us are having to deal with. In some cases we're having to deal with health issues. In some cases we're having to deal with spouses that are having health issues. In some cases we're having to deal with children that are having health issues or more multiple children. Sometimes we have unbelieving spouses. Sometimes there are uh, the unbelieving spouse situation is one which is so um, fragile, just like you know, throwing glass, you know, c- containers of nitroglycerin around. It's just an it's an explosive argument waiting to happen that has to be tippy-toed like eggshells or, 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 or very thin glass or ice across a lake. These, these challenges that are being thrown at us are, are, are very, very, very difficult to be able to navigate and do it in a holy and righteous way while at the same time, Father, that while at the same time we are trying to do our best to self-examine to, and to try to hear your voice, to make the adjustments that are necessary. Father, we need your help. And we pray because we see we see the tidal wave of the, of events that are ever increasing. The Father, we see virtually every single thing that you, Jesus, have warned us was coming. I mean, literally every single thing: pestilence, famine, uh, wars, rumors of wars. Not just not just rumors of wars, but actual full blown wars. We know that your servant father, uh, Nicholas von Rendsburg, uh, also known as Nicholas the Seer, in, in, uh, over a hundred years ago, saw all three. You showed him all three world wars, and you told him, Father God, you showed him that World War Three was going to start when the ice melts. Well, now we, we're beyond that. We're, we're literally beyond the place, the point in time where you spoke through your servant, Nicholas von Rendsburg, that when the ice melts would be the point of the beginning of World War III, which would be the, fulfill, or, uh, the unraveling, if you will, of the scroll of the fourth seal. We see, Father, right now, now, of course, we don't know the progression. We don't know how far any one of the seal events is going to progress before we just don't know. We don't know. So if our estimation, Father, that the second seal is, a, is, is in progress with Russia right now, and they are the red horse, they are the red army. And that is clearly, in accordance with the scripture, an assignment and a sword that you gave that red army. So it was your choice, your sword, your assignment. We see... Economists, uh, Father, we see the CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase. We pass no judgment. We simply said we know what he has said. He said publicly, Father, that we are not heading into a financial storm. And he's talking about the whole world, essentially. 
but we are heading into a, well, financial hurricane. And in I think he, in re, in reality, he leaned very heavily on the term hurricane, even, even to imply that it's worse than a hurricane. What exactly all of that means, all we know is that it lines up supernaturally and most incredibly well with the third seal on the black horse. We see news reports from virtually all over the world, uh, uh, the grain the grain, you know, wheat uh, is, is, you know, which is used in the actual verbiage of the third seal. Uh, you know, a, uh, uh, it speaks of barley, it speaks of uh, wheat, it speaks of, uh, you know, a quart of it costing an entire day's wages. We see these dynamics happening across the world. We have economists that are warning the world. The reports are, are so so many people don't see them, but there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them all over the place. Reports that are done on podcasts, reports that are done on articles, uh, but, but many people just are, are switched off. They're just switched off. Perhaps they're just overwhelmed and tired of hearing about it and not seeing any fruit of the warning or not seeing enough of the fruit of the warning and just assume that it's going to heal itself or fix itself as many of these warnings in the past have. Supposedly, by the beginning of August, the grain supplies of the West will completely have dried up and there will be no more grain. And grain, people, most people don't even realize how many products sit on the shelves of our food stores that require that. The energy price is soaring to the point that just to make a, a, the can that's associated with holding the Campbell soup is many times magnitude higher than it has ever been in price. Never mind the cost that it costs the machines to make to move the cans through the conveyor belt lines, to package up every single product, every single mac and cheese box, every single thing. The, the prediction that eggs are soon to reach $12 a dozen. But most people are not seeing these things. All of these things are things that you, Lord Jesus, have warned us about. The 101st Airborne Division of the United States military, well known for never being, or pretty much to the best of my understanding, and that it, my understanding is weak at best, but it is my weak understanding that the 101st Airborne in the United States military is r rarely, if ever, dispatched as a threatening activity. In other words, they don't do it just to rattle a saber. Yet there are reports that in the month of uh, May, there were uh, partial dispatches of the 101st Airborne into the European uh, war theater. Evidently, it, well, it just, we, we don't know. We stutter because we don't know. We stutter because we can't put the pieces together. I stutter because I can't put the pieces together. There are those out there who have been studying these dynamics for many, many years and strongly believe that there is a nuclear threat. There have been spoken forth nuclear threats directly from out of leaders, senior leaders in the military of Russia, uh, directly against the east and west coast of the United States with the SMOT-2 missiles, which are so incredibly capable of destroying they, 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 you can't. You, there is no comparison between what the United States has and its nuclear arsenal compared to the SMOT-2. There's no comparison. It's, it's like com comparing a Volkswagen Bug to a Ferrari. 
We know that Biden and Obama, which I believe still in my heart, with all of my heart, that Obama is the Antichrist and he will manifest by the incarnation of Satan himself eventually before us all. Father, we, we see the Second Thessalonians chapter 2 warnings from the Apostle Paul to calm down the Thessalonican church, which we spoke about on the last prayer vigil in detail, and how it included um, the, the a uh, pre- prerequisite requirement of the revealing of the Antichrist uh, at the, as, as well as uh, what the much text, which implied, you know, which had, if you will, textual synchronicity. It, it was harmonized. If you harmonized and you looked at the power and the signs, the lying wonders, Second uh, Thessalonians 2.11b, God sends you, Father, send a strong delusion so that they, the unrighteous, will believe the lie. We have the, the testimony of the 10-year-old boy who was taken to heaven, Father, and he's now there with you, somewhere up there with you. And he was shown by you that there will be massive alien invasions. These aren't fake. These are not fake. These are real. And they will happen during World War III. World War III being the pale horse, the fourth seal. being, a, And we already see all those things. Those wheels are spinning forward. It's not winds of war. It is war activities in progress at this time. I'm not just talking about the denazification of of the Ukraine. I'm talking about all of the periphery threats, all of the periphery warnings that are occurring from generals and clandestine meetings in regards to future war actions from the, the uh, from China, uh, and also direct public threats being made right right from Russia, as they would as one would expect them to be. Praise God, thank you, Jesus. If they were being threatened the way that they are being threatened by the Antichrist, Obama, through the entity that seems to still continue, almost like the queen of of hell in the house of Windsor, has this supernatural ability to continue to survive when it should long have already been dead. But yet we still are in the midst of all of these things. Trials, tribulations, confusion, pandemonium, uh, very difficult, uh, if not absolutely beyond impossible uh, uh, portfolios of end times information and events that have come from probably more than several thousand sources over hundreds of years of time. We try to stitch them together, put some semblance of order to them, yet while realizing some of the things that we're seeing happening right now appear to be happening out of order to the things that we were shown through your people, Father, through your servants over all of these that we've collected. Maybe, maybe we only collected them in the last 10 years, but the, they were prophesied, they were visions that were given or dreams that were given in some cases 80, 90, 100 years ago, 200 years ago, even longer. In some cases, Lord God, all we are asking you, please, is in the name of Jesus, that you will continue to hear our prayers for the salvation of the lost, that you will continue to hear our prayers, our beseeching, our begging you, Father. And I do mean, I know the word beseech means to essentially beg. It's just a more holy or righteous way of saying it, but to beseech you, Father, we are beseeching you. 
I don't really think there are an awful lot of people on the earth that are aware, believers on the earth that are aware of all of the things that are happening right now that are not struggling with their own walk, their own intimacy with you, Jesus. We know all of this stuff, all this, these events, all of these apocalyptic horrors that are heading directly at us have to be navigated in the midst of our walk being one of holiness, righteousness, faith, total trust in you, Father. And we know also that these apocalyptic events are by design meant to draw people into a place where they realize they have no recourse. There is no action that they can take on their part, that the only place they can turn to is you. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus, please, we beseech you from the bottom of our heart. First, we praise your name more than you. Oh, oh God, oh, Father God, we praise your name for your unbelievable mercy. And we pray, oh, Father, please, for billion times even more mercy, even more mercy, because given the things that we're experiencing, given the information that is come, getting leaked out, given the warnings, the apocalyptic events, the, the magnitude, magnitude of, of the tidal wave of, of apocalyptic horrors that already are launched, they're in motion. It's a domino effect that's already in place, even to the point, Father God, that, that, that coffee could not be served on the Southwest flight that I was on, as you know, coming back from the job that I just did. And they couldn't serve coffee because the supply chain had somehow affected their ability to create or acquire coffee cups. How far-reaching is that? If you can't even get a paper coffee cup, how many hundreds of thousands, if not millions of products are already wiped out? But we don't realize it yet because we're, 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 what we see and what we're able to acquire appears to be relatively plentiful, but we don't see the tidal wave of the empty shelves following it right behind. And then you place that burden upon the heart of your servants, Father, with children to feed, with jobs that we have to continue to go to and pretend like, you know, we can't just burst it out in the middle of a meeting and warn everybody. All the things that are happening around us, many of them are utterly unmanageable. And what a blessing it is for anybody who does not have to deal with anything except daily waking up, prayer time, praise, praise and worship, and just some house maintenance or general life issues and don't have to go to work, have some sort of steady income, allowing them the freedom to spend more time with you. Praise your name. But for the rest of us, Father God, and for all of us, really, because we're all dealing with our own challenges, we pray, Father, please, in Jesus' name, choose us. Because we certainly don't feel worthy. 
we certainly, I, I believe with all of my heart that we clearly have a contrite spirit because we don't feel worthy. How could we possibly feel worthy? How could we, knowing what the scripture says? Having been shown through your mercy what the scripture says about our walk. So many parables to explain it all so clearly, almost reading them like a newspaper. These are unbelievably difficult times. Easy for those who cannot see, but yet much, much, perhaps much, much more dangerous for their salvation because they cannot see. So here we are blessed, Father, to be in your presence, but yet at the same time burdened greatly by the challenges that are associated with the demands of our walk, the things that we ought to be doing, perhaps, that we aren't. Almost in a state of paralysis associated with, there's a, praise your name, Father, but you know this, you know this phrase, analysis paralysis. Too much information, too many events, too many do we save food? Do we not save food? Is there any point in it? Are we going to run out of it? When do we got to share it with our neighbors. Okay, we do. We run out. Then what do we do? Do we pray with our neighbors? What if they don't? What if they turn? You know, all these, there's a gazillions of possible apocalyptic events, turning points, dynamics. Is there going, are the events that were shown to, to, to Sister Monet in order? Are they in proper order? I could list so many prophecies, dreams, visions, and all of them have to be called into question in regard to their order. The order of the events. What does it mean to be on the precipice, Father, of World War III? How quickly will the food supplies completely and utterly dry up? We've got... Russia with, with, with the Red Army, the Red Horse, holding their hands out to the entire world, offering an unlimited supply of, of uh, uh, liquid natural gas, LNG, power, unlimited, and, and, and uh, oil, and also uh, barley and wheat. For the entire world. They've opened up the ports of Mariupol. They're ready to ship and no one will accept it because of the Antichrist and this entity that refers to itself sickeningly as Biden and LGBT entities that are running the government into the ground. And yet we're still, all of us are subject to all of these things. It all it's it's one gigantic apocalyptic porridge of sickening filth. It's like walking and wading and swimming and gulping that which is meant for only a cesspool, but yet we have to continue through it. In a holy, righteous, loving, humble, pure way. Father, only with your mercy. Only with your mercy will we be able to navigate even what we have right now. Endless promises of an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We have prophets that otherwise have wonderful track records saying things like there's going to be a transfer of wealth, which we know is absolutely not going to happen. 
some kind of magical transfer of wealth into the hands of Christians. We've got untold thousands, potentially hundreds of thousands, potentially even millions of people that have been deceived by the Seven Mountains mandates and false pillow prophets everywhere, making proclamations that will never come true. I, reading your holy word, Father, Lord Jesus, I could never have derived, I could never have guessed what we are experiencing now. And the only, what would be prediction that one might make that re- seems reasonably sound, given what we're experiencing now, is that it's the tip of the iceberg and that what we're experiencing now is just the very beginning of how much, 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 much more worse it will become. Before any outpouring of the Holy Spirit or supernatural end times outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which, of course, we're not even certain the barley harvest will receive. Maybe that the barley harvest is taken before that outpouring, and that outpouring is given to those who have to survive the horrors that would take them into the day of the Lord, three days of darkness and the 40 days thereafter. That would really require an outpouring of the Holy Spirit to survive. We don't understand. We do not know. We beseech you, Father, from the bottom of our hearts to lead us and guide us as our Father. An earthly father would hold our hands and take us along that journey as little children, leading us down through every path, making sure we didn't trip and fall into a uh, a ditch or slip down a, a muddy, slippy hill. Father, that's what we need from you. Pray in Jesus' name that from this day henceforth in our walk, that as we praise you, Lord Jesus, as we try as hard as we can to spend more time, to have more frequent communion communion with you, Lord Jesus, maybe daily, every other day, several times a week, as we pray for the lost people in different parts of the world, not just our families, As we go through this walk, Father, we need you to hold our hands. We need a supernatural edge, plan of the kingdom that as overcomers through perseverance that we claw and scratch our way through all of these things, that we somehow in our humanness, you know, the scripture says, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, but it, it, it's still nevertheless the, pro, the, the d- dominant pronoun is we or I. But we need, we, we beseech you, Father, for more help. I do. And on behalf of anybody else who is praying along with me, who is experiencing these things in their lives and tri- trials and tribulations, and it's, it's not just one thing. It's like dozens of things hitting us all at one time. Right in the middle of 
It's like watching a gigantic 10,000-foot tidal wave coming directly at you, but you got to go keep on walking through life and whistling, you know, and being happy and praising and just walking around, and, and you try to warn anybody. They don't want to hear it. You can't, you can't look, there's a 10,000-foot tidal wave. It's about to crush you right into the bowels of hell, and nobody can hear. Giving and taking in marriage. And we don't even know the order of the events. Some believe that World War III will will be nuclear. Well, we know that it will be nuclear, but some believe that there will be nuclear events that occur long before those that did in the vision of ceremony. Whether or not that's true, we don't know. We don't know the order. We would like to think that we do. We'd like to assume that they, that, that, that they were presented in some fashion of order. But we don't know. And we do want to walk in total trust of our Abba Father. But we do need more help, Father. Many of us have undergone testing that is on the borderline of cracking us as humans. Testing that is so traumatic and horrible to have to go through that even the very remembrance, even if it's brief, of the events is traumatizing. Causes us to break down and cry. As we fight our way past the remembrance of these things and try to keep ourselves on a steady course moving forward, not even sure which direction to turn because we don't know what the threats are that are about to strike. We only have a, this endless catalog, this Sears catalog of hundreds of thousands of horrible things that can potentially manifest at any moment. But yet we don't, which one do we, what do we do? Do we just sit there? Do we do anything? We know that we pray. And we beseech you, Father, please. Since we have been given the burden, and it is, clearly, it may be considered a blessing, depending on the, the perspective of whoever it is that's assessing it. Maybe it's an incredible blessing that we know what we, know, we currently know, even in the, in the midst of the jumble and confusion associated with the knowledge. Some may consider it a blessing to know it. But there's another perspective, and that is victims, the people that are in the midst of that, those trials, tribulations, that gigantic uh, tsunami that is heading directly at us, that freight train of ugly that's about to smash the world into pieces and people don't see it coming. And how do we prepare for it or what do we do about it? We know we pray. We need, Father, you to hold our hands. We need, please, is it at all possible, is there anything that is unrighteous or unholy? I don't know, but I am asking you in the name of Jesus, because we carry this burden, it may be a blessing, and it may be also, but to us, it feels like a burden to know what we know. It feels like a burden. It really does. And you know that because of Psalm 139. You know our very th- our, our rising, our, our sitting down and our rising up and every thought that we thought, you know, that you, you've known it before we did. Father, 
please look into our hearts and understand how unbelievably challenging it is to, to carry such a burden. It is a burden. It's a blessing and a burden. And we pray, Father, please, in Jesus' name, because of that burden, we don't know why. We don't know why we know what we know, and we don't know why we were chosen maybe before the foundations of the universe to know these things. We, some of us feel in our hearts that we have a, a more advanced understanding of the concept of being part of the elect and what that actually means from a predestination standpoint. But even so, it doesn't change the dynamics of how we deal with everything. And if it is at all possible, and if there is nothing out of alignment with holiness and righteousness before your throne, Father, we beseech you to please favor us. You've held before us the greatest gift that any human being born again in the history of the world ever being given, and that is the understanding, the knowledge and the existence of a first fruits barley harvest, an opportunity to leave and come home, not before things get bad, but before things get horrible. We need you to help us. The burden that we carry, the struggles that we have to go through, whether they're, they're, they're very real, whether they are physical or mental or both. They're very, very real. Help us to pray the way that you want us to pray. Help us to have the energy to be able to deal with the things that we have to deal with in the earthly realm. Help us to be able to maintain through long-suffering, supernatural patience, and self-control. We are asking for you, Father, please, for a supernatural anointing and an, an endowment from your throne room to offer us greater assistance through angels, through supernatural power, events, whatever it is that is at the disposal of the kingdom. We pray, Father, that you will afford it to us. Give it to us. Anoint us. Lead us. Stop us from making mistakes that we feel horrible for making after we realize that we've made them. Help us to get to a place, Father. Please lead us by our hand as your children to that precious gift that you have made us aware of. That opportunity to maybe be chosen not just for the sake of escape, but also for the sake of mercy and because our hearts, our desire, maybe we're not perfect, of course we're not, but maybe, Father, your mercy would be so great, so amazing, so loving, as so many that have testified after they have been in your presence. that that mercy would help us, give us extra help. We're asking for extra, extra like, like, like Elisha said, I want a double portion. Father, we're asking for a 
seven times portion, extra portion of your divine assistance. How, in whatever form it may, may come in. It, it, to us, it does not matter. All that matters to us, Father, is that we serve you fervently and as best as we possibly can, whether it is through prayer, which is arguably, I believe, the most important thing, for the lost, giving, loving, maintaining ourselves as best as we possibly can and, 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 and serving you, Father, but please hold our hands, anoint us, help us to get through these things because these no the apostle Paul did not carry the burden that we're carrying right now. I do not believe for a millisecond that the apostle Paul had any idea that there was going to be a massive alien invasion and World War III and nuclear weapons. I believe with all of my heart he had no idea. And if that be true, Father, then is it not also true that the burden that we're carrying is greater to some degree? And if that be true, is it possible, Father? Because the word that I have, that even my Matthew 19, 26, with God, all things are possible. And we are asking in the name of Jesus for your mercy because of the challenge, because of the burden associated with, for whatever reason, us being chosen, perhaps, to know what we know. As jumbled up and confused as it actually is, we still carry the burden. And we're asking you in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ to draw us in, to hold our hands, to walk us through the valley of the shadow of death. We pray in the name of Jesus that we will be anointed in special ways. Oh, ways that we don't, not, we don't even understand. Well, waking up earlier in the morning, feeling rejuvenated and energetic and spending time speaking in tongues and praying and praising you and, and spending that, 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 that extra time in the secret place of the Most High. Being able to navigate the impossible things, the, the things that are not navigable, but being able to do it because of supernatural anointing that you have bestowed upon us as our Father. Help us, Father. Give us, please, Father, extra grace, extra anointing to be able to get through the things that we have to be able to get through to make the changes in ourselves with your help, to draw in and love and fall in love with you, Jesus, more than ever before, so that when we turn our eyes, our spiritual eyes to your face, we do not see the rest of the world in its total panic and turmoil. No longer do we have any visibility of the 10,000-foot tsunami we can only see the face of our Lord Jesus, beckoning us to walk on that water. We pray in the name of Jesus for that anointing, Father, because if it, if you, if it doesn't come from a supernatural anointing from you, it is potentially possible, and I pray not, but possible, that many of our brothers and sisters who are trying their best may not be able to make the journey to the barley harvest. 
We're praying in Jesus' name, Father, that you will make it so. Incline thine ear, we beseech you, please, to help each and every one of us, every step that we take, every thought that we think, so that we are found worthy, so that we are not just called, but we are chosen. Let not one of us, please, Father, please, Abba Father, not one of us miss. Not one of us miss the opportunity that you have given to the world. And so many millions upon millions upon millions of believers have no idea that opportunity even exists. And we praise you for that incredible blessing amidst all of the challenges that we have to endure. Perhaps the two go hand in hand, the blessing of the understanding and the challenge and burden that goes with it. Help us, Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Tonight is June the 3rd, 2022, the 4th of Sylvan, uh, uh, Sylvan uh, 5782. Uh, this is Omer number 48. The gathering of the Omers are uh, actually sheaves of uh, barley, uh, which is very interesting. Praise God. And, um, and uh, it is uh, Omer 48 is uh, today, June the 3rd. Praise Jesus. Uh, the time now is 7.49 p.m. on the east coast of the United States of Babylon the Great. And together, we light the Sabbath candles or the Shabbat candles. Not because you have to uh, practice the Sabbath uh, at fr on Friday to Saturday uh, as uh, is uh, part of the law, but because uh, just because we... Many of us may be listening to a recorded version and may be doing this on, on a Wednesday, and we know and we thank you for Romans 14 and revealing to us that uh, the regimen associated with the law is no longer required. It is our desire to be in your presence, to worship you, Father, to thank you, and to serve you as your servants and as your children. We thank you for that incredible opportunity and give you all the glory. Amen. The Hebrew Kaddish. Aruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Borei Peri HaGafen Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Asher Kitshanu B'mitzvotav Veratzavanu Vishabak Kodsho Be'avahu V'ratzon in Hilanu Zikaron Lemase Vereshit Ki Huyom Tehila Lemikra Kodesh Zechelitziat Mitraim Ivanu vacharta, veotanu kidashta, mikol hamim. Veshabhat kochecha, 
Arise, my love, my beautiful companion, and run with me to the higher place, for now is the time to arise and come away with me. For you are my dove, hidden in the split-open rock. It was I who took you and hid you up high in the secret stairway of the sky. Let me see your radiant face. Let me hear your sweet voice. How beautiful your eyes are in worship and lovely your voices in prayer. You must catch those troubling foxes, those sly little foxes, those sins that hinder our relationship. They raid our budding vineyard of love to ruin what I've planted within you. Won't you catch them and remove them for me? We will do it together.
for our citizenship is in heaven. It's in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for our Savior, Jesus, who eventually will transform our lowly, pathetic, earthly bodies that they may be conformed to your glorious body of light and glory according to the working by which you, you, Lord Jesus, and our Father are able to even subdue all things to yourself. We praise you for that. Father, you saw us before we were born. Every day of our life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Psalm 139.16, praise your name. Holy, holy Lord Jesus Christ, our King, please, Father, mercifully cleanse and totally purify our heart, our soul, our spirit, our mind, our flesh, our record-keeping books in heaven, and our robe and gown in heaven. Jesus, with your blood, we plead it. And Father, purge it with your holy fire. Zechariah 2.5, praise your name. Thank you, Father. Dear Heavenly Father, we confess of our sins before you. We confess of the times, and even, even in the days just recently gone by, that we've thought things in our heart that we shouldn't have thought, that were less than holy. Confess of the times when, out of our frustration, the normal vernacular of the day was inadequate and we chose words that were harsh and could be considered unacceptable. Maybe we thought them. Maybe we held it back, but nevertheless, the thoughts overwhelmed us because of our frustrations of the dynamics that we've had to endure. Father, we confess of the times when we should have done something that we didn't. We confess of the times that we should have given money to people to help them, but we didn't because of our own fears. We confess, Father God, of, of considering ourselves sometimes first before we do others. We confess of not having the faith that we should have. For that which is not from faith is sin, as it says in Romans 14.23b, We confess of sometimes not having a truly contrite, humble spirit. We confess, Father God, that we oftentimes do not walk and live the Beatitudes. We know about them, we've heard about them, but we don't. We're not living them. We confess that a lot of our prayers are selfish. Sometimes we don't realize that they are. But then we go back and hindsight is twenty twenty, and we realize that we weren't really praying them for the sake and the salvation of others. But more because we didn't want to endure something or we wanted to avoid it. 
Give us the courage, Father God, of the Archangel Michael. Allow us to be so overwhelmed in your trust, in the trust that we have in you, that we become, Isaiah 26, 3, where you keep us in perfect peace. Life has no grip. The grave means nothing to us here. And we are your chosen generation, your royal priesthood, imperfect but trying. Father, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, we declare in Jesus' name that any entity of the darkness, worker of Satan, live or dead human spirit, member of a witch coven, anything that cannot call Jesus Christ its Lord and Savior, that at the moment that it sets its will against us, that it will be struck by the holy fire of God directly from the glory pillar and burned into screaming agony. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. We decree in the name of Jesus that the holy fire of God will swirl around about our dwelling places, that it will uh, encapsulate like a fire tornado every prayer that we uh, lift up before thee, Father God, melting the firmament of the rock and scattering the demons of darkness in 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 the demonic ether and realm in all directions. Father, we declare and decree in the name of Jesus for your holy fire to swirl around about our workplaces and to burn all dross, any negative thought. We declare and decree and plead, Father God, with the courts of heaven in Jesus' name for the dispatch of of a platoon of warrior angels on a search and destroy mission on our behalf to go out and ferret out any indirect attacks against us, to close any demonic portals that have been opened against us, to wipe out the memories of those who thought negative negative things against us to completely pave open a pathway that we may serve you father freely without hindrances that are unnecessary on this earth we ask for divine protection and holy fire to swirl around about us in the midst of a whirlwind of the holy spirit and a thorny hedge of protection in jesus name that we again will be able to serve you father in the name of jesus through prayer through spiritual warfare and through giving and loving and touching other people's lives as best as we can in the midst of the turmoil, the trials, the tribulation, and the knowledge of the tsunami heading our way. We pray for peace upon our hearts so that we are able to execute unhindered that which you have designed for us to execute upon, even those words that you have written in our book that we are unaware We praise you, and we declare that holy fire to swirl around about us, a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to sustain it. Father, we pray for a sustaining of that holy fire, for a brilliant, white-hot, napalm, super-nano-thermite, white-hot holy fire in the name of Jesus to surround around about us and protect anything, any attempts to vaporize all spiritual and earthly weapons, to vaporize all contracts that have been drawn against us, to vaporize all demonic agreements, that have been raised against us or our loved ones, to vaporize them in the name of Jesus, to vaporize the fiery darts that they shall not reach us. We praise you, Father God, and we ask for the assignment of angels unlike, unlike that has ever happened in the history of the world to protect those of us, Father God, who have been blessed and challenged by the understandings which you have bestowed upon us, that we, by virtue of those understandings, will be better prepared and more at the ready to do the things 
the godly, incredible, supernatural things that need to be done, that could otherwise be done by other believers, but they're unaware of what's coming. And since we are, pray in Jesus' name, that an outpouring that it doesn't have to be now, it doesn't have to be tomorrow, but when that time comes, when we need to be able to do those exploits, that when we speak those words, that the fire will shoot out, even if we can't see it, that unbelievable power will be bestowed upon us, that we are able to do the things that the kingdom needs to have done. In Jesus' name, Father, we pray, let us contend together. We exercise the rule of the victor, the Lord Jesus Christ, over all demonic regions that, have, that will attempt and even set their wills against us. For even a moment, we exercise the rule of the victor, the Lord Jesus Christ, against all demonic regions that would even permit a spirit, an evil spirit, in or through their territory for the purpose of coming against us or our loved ones. We command in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that they be cut off from ever receiving power from the kingdom of darkness again. We require the immediate dispersement of all of their funds from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. We require the immediate destruction of all of their books and artifacts of sorcery. We require the immediate reversal of all of their schemes and cancellations of all of their assignments against us or our loved ones. Penalties applied. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we cast them into the pit. We declare the fire of God to weld the pit shut. And we declare the fire of God to permeate the pit and to burn the demons therein into screaming horrific agony that all the demons of darkness will scatter in all directions, making a public spectacle of them thereof, in accordance with Colossians 2.15, which we bind before the courts of heaven against any evil spirit. We praise your name, Father. We thank you. We thank you for the power that you have given us, because it says in Ephesians 3.20, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think would be our Lord Jesus Christ according to the power that works in us. Father, we pray that that power will be amplified to a level that we do not comprehend. We thank you, Father God, for bestowing it upon us that we may contend and work with you for the greater good of the kingdom. We ask you, Father God, in the name of Jesus, to blind our eyes to the evil that is attempting to overwhelm us in our daily walks so that we are able to only see the face of our Lord Jesus Christ in all of its glory, light, and love so that we walk on the water. We praise your name and thank you, Father. We praise your name and we thank you, Father. At this time, I use holy oil. Thank you, Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray that you will anoint this oil in Jesus' name. Just fill it with the power from on high in Jesus' name. In the name of the Father, the Son. Oh, I didn't get enough on my hand here. Hold on a second. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I consecrate. We consecrate ourselves to the complete ownership of Jesus. We renounce all things spoken of in the darkness against us or our loved ones. We declare the abundant grace of God, the living water, the crystal river, to flow deep into our mind, soul, spirit, flesh, heart, record-keeping books in heaven, robe and gown in heaven. We plead your blood upon us, Jesus. Purify us. Make us whiter than the snow that King David asked 
to be cleansed like. We stand against all forms of darkness. They must flee. They have no power over us. We cancel all demonic assignments. We break all yokes of bondage. We break all strongholds. All strongholds, all behaviors that we are having a difficult time shaking. Anything that is displeasing, anything that it lacks holiness and purity, we break it. We break it in the name of Jesus, and we bind it and cast it into the pit. We declare the fire of God to weld that pit shut, that that stronghold may not resurface. We rebuke it, and we rebuke any entity that would attempt to raise it up against us as a fiery dart. We declare the holy fire of God to burn it, to vaporize it in the name of Jesus, a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to blow that holy fire white hot, punching through the spiritual realm directly into the throne room of God and merging with the glory pillar in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Alleluia. Thank you, Jesus.
the courts of heaven scriptures. Praise God. I love these. First Peter 2.9, but you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, Jesus Christ's own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into his marvelous light, who were once not a people but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy. Ezekiel 22.30, So I sought for a man amongst them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land. The most, I, I call, I'm going to call out stuff to emphasize things that are especially important. For example, in 1 Peter 2.9, we are a royal priesthood right now. I submit It is my personal belief that that is the most significant statement in that entire scripture or group of scriptures. It's two scriptures. I mean, it's great that we've obtained mercy. Hallelujah. And it's wonderful that we are called out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. But to realize that you are currently a royal priesthood and this fallen place is astonishing. In Ezekiel 22.30, you see that our father says, So I sought for a man amongst them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before, before me on behalf of the land. Well, where is our father? Our father who art in heaven. So he's in heaven. So if we're standing in a gap before God on behalf of the land, the land is behind us. We're in the gap, and we're, we're praying for the land to our father What's in, that he would not destroy it, but he found no one. That's what it says. Why would God not want to destroy a land? Does he really care all that much about trees that he could simply wish into existence and an entire planet would be created full of trees? Or is it the people? It's the people. That's why it's so vital that we pray for the salvation of the souls on behalf of our Father, for he would want not one to perish, but also of the land where the people that need salvation reside. Matthew 18, 18, assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. These are court terminologies, legal terms. You have a binding contract. You loose clauses. Okay, that's what this is all about. And when, so when, it, when Jesus is telling us that whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven, he's telling us that when you're binding whatever it is you're binding in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, it is taking place in heaven simultaneously. It is part of the activities of the courts of heaven as a royal priesthood while you reside on this earth. Wow. John twenty twenty three, If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Arguably one of the most misunderstood verses in the entire Bible. I mean, never mind that it is said that the Scripture says it is no longer us who lives, but Christ who lives in us. No wonder, you know, you know, the Apostle Paul turning one over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that he may ultimately be saved. The Scriptures support all of these things right here. 
that are being said, but yet we think of other reasons why they cannot possibly pertain to us as a royal priesthood. Just like most of churchianity looks at opportunities, they look, they look for one scripture in the Bible that would give them permission to do something absolutely horrible and sinful, gushing with iniquity because of the desires of their own flesh, unwilling to take their cross to Golgotha and die with their entire family, if necessary, to be obedient to Jesus and be exactly like him as we are commanded. Isaiah 43, 25 to 27, I, our Father says, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. And I will not remember your sins. Put me in remembrance and let us contend together. State your case that you may be acquitted. Why would it be for God's own sake? Because by the perfect design of the universes, our Father has ordained us, John fifteen sixteen, chosen us and ordained us as a royal priesthood, a holy nation, to contend and work with him. It is through our prayers that heaven's resources, heaven's powers, and heaven's angels are launched, are sent forth. And there's a whole lot more that goes on, too, that's just absolutely amazing. Hebrews 8, 6, But now he, Jesus, has obtained a more excellent ministry, inasmuch as he is also the mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. This is an awesome scripture. Zechariah sees this in a vision. He says, then he showed me Joshua, the high priest. So here you have Joshua. This guy's assigned the duty. He's assigned the title of the high of a high priest. There's other priests that work, you know. No, he's a high priest. Standing before the angel of the Lord. And Satan standing at his right hand to oppose him. So right here is proof positive beyond any shadow of a doubt that Satan stands directly in the courts of heaven, accusing the brethren both day and night. Okay, so in this particular case, Satan is standing right there in the courts of heaven, accusing the high priest, Joshua. Who, by the way, was gushing with sin, and our Heavenly Father even admits it later. It says right here, and the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? So our Father is basically saying to Satan, Leave him alone. I chose him. He's already plucked from the fire. He's in my hands. Shut up. Verse 3, now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments. Now this is a kind of a metaphor, really, for sin and iniquity. And was standing before the angel. Then he answered, that's capital H-E, our father, answered and spoke to those who stood before him, saying, take away the filthy garments from him. And to, and, and, and to him he said, see, so our father is now talking to Joshua, the high priest. I have removed your iniquity from you, and I will clothe you with rich robes. And I said, let them put a clean turban on his head. And our father said, 
So that they put a, so they put a clean turban on his head. They put the clothes on him, and the angel of the Lord stood by. And then the angel of the Lord admonished Joshua, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, If you walk in my ways, if you keep my command, then you shall also judge my house and likewise have charge over my courts. I will give you places to walk amongst these who stand here. He's not talking about any old job in the courts, you see. He's talking about being in charge. That's pretty significant, particularly because he had to have all those filthy garments and iniquity removed from him. The high priest, Joshua, and Satan standing there, pointing his finger the whole time. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray. No matter how much we dork up, no matter how many things we have wrong, no matter how many times we woulda, shoulda, coulda, but didn't, Please, Father, remember, remember that we are from dust. We pray that we are a brand plucked from the fire. And by your mercy, that you will change the filthy garments that we have. Zechariah 2, verse 5, For I says the Lord, will be a wall of fire all around her, and I will be the glory in her midst. It was revealed to me. Um, I, I will not go into the entire testimony because it takes too long. And it include, But anyway, but through revelations given to other people and then communicated to me that the two witnesses, which are not two bearded Hebrew standing, I don't care what the Apocrypha says, it's not two bearded Hebrews standing on a street corner in Tel Aviv. Forget about it. It's not, no. It's the lampstand. It's the it's the olive tree. It is the it is the um, well. It's really it's reflective of Ephesians two nine ten and eleven, where the middle wall of separation is broken down, making the two into one, Jew and Gentile. It is that those two groups, the olive tree and the lampstand. What they do? Breathe fire out of their mouth for three and a half years. You think they're really breathing fire out of their mouth? No. What it is, is it's talking about using the holy fire of God as your weapon, which is the most feared. It is the most feared. I don't know. What do you want to call it? A substance? What is it? It certainly isn't like any fire that we know of here on earth. And it scares the demons so bad they scatter in all directions. They can't even stand to be anywhere around it. Imagine entities that are destined to spend uh, all of eternity in Gehenna and the lake of fire, and, 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 and here they are not even to be in the midst, anywhere near the holy fire of God. I would submit evidently that it is the greatest weapon of all the heavens and all the universes. Job 1.9, so Satan answered the Lord and said, does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him and around his household and around all that he has on every side? Wait, hmm, that kind of like implies that if the hedge of protection wasn't on every side, that there might be a way that Satan could get to Job. Ah, 
So when we pray for protection, we pray for that protection to be on every side, to encapsulate the person, to surround them on every side. Don't want to leave any of those sides open for attack, do we? Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. Hmm. Well, gee, Ephesians 3.20 seems to imply strongly, in fact, it explicitly states that we have the same power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Well, there you go. That goes hand in hand with Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified in Christ, crucified in, with Christ, and is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Galatians 2.20 and Ephesians 3.20 are basically brother and sister verses. They go hand in hand. Proverbs 16.7, when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Who wants that? Raise your hand. Me. Thank you, Jesus. Proverbs 16.7, Revelation 1, 5 through 6, to him, Jesus, who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to his God, the Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Kings and priests. Revelation 5, 9 through 10. And have redeemed us to God by your blood, out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation, and have made us kings and priests to our God. And we shall reign on the earth. And I got news for you, folks. <laughs> We're going to be reigning on a lot more than earth. Eternity is a really long time, and God's going to destroy the heavens and the earth, and God is going to create a new heavens and a new earth. And why that all is, I have some sneaking suspicions as to why, but I just have to leave them as that, suspicions. Hebrews 12:22, awesome scripture. But you see, again, this is so amazing, but you don't realize it. You, don't, you have to like take it literally, because that's how it's meant to be taken. But you have come to Mount Zion. Where is that? Is that over there in Israel? Mount Zion, right there? Can you see it from Jerusalem? You look over on the... Oh, look, at the, there's Mount Zion. No! Absolutely not. Okay, now, I'm not saying that, you know, that there aren't similar mountains and similar names used on places on the earth there are they are there are like mirror images of one another but one of some, but there's heavenly versions of them and then there are earthly versions of them obviously this is talking about the heavenly versions cuz it says so explicitly it says but you have come to mount zion i don't feel like i'm at mount zion i don't see any mountains lying around me now but i have it says i have and to the city of the living god aha it's the city of god where on the top of mount zion where in the it says right there it says the heavenly jerusalem it's not the one on earth to an innumerable company of angels to the general assembly which is what? 
the type of Congress. Where would you find a Congress? You would have find it in a judiciary. You would find it in a governance, a place where there is governing taking place, where God is ruling as the God of gods, Yahweh El, over all of creation. And church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, the and to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator, which is a lawyer or an advocate of the new covenant, which supersedes the old covenant. So anything the new covenant says in it wipes out and makes irrelevant that which is in the old covenant. And to the blood and the sprinkling of, of of that which speaks better things than that of Abel. Okay, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And then, and this is only one of several places this exists in the Bible. I, the Lord has shown me other places as well, including Jan, Daniel 9, verse 25. But here in, in Nehemiah, praise to the Father, uh, your covenant and mercy with those you and, and uh, uh, your covenant and mercy with those who love you and observe your commandments, please let your ears be attentive and your eyes open. He's talking to our Father. That you may hear the prayer of your servant, talking about himself, which I pray before you now, day and night, for the children of Israel, your servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel. What right does Nehemiah have to confess the sins of the children of Israel? Does Daniel have to do exactly the same thing in Daniel 9.25? Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So this is amazing stuff. And it is a powerful, powerful blessing. Um, Hold on a second. I have to. Father, in the name of Jesus, please just move. Rosemary, thank you so, so much. God bless you. Okay. Yeah, I have to multitask. (laughs) Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, we're having some, uh, you know, things are ramping up across the world right now, as if you didn't know, right? And, um, And because things are ramping up across the world right now in a powerful, powerful way, um, we um we need to uh what what what's happening now is that people are coming forward and they're kind of freaky they're freaking out a little bit they're freaking out a little bit um uh and uh you know they they feel that the message they feel whatever it is on their heart they feel that it needs to be given to the body of Christ like now, right now, right now, it's an emergency. It's an emergency. Okay, um, uh, and and uh, you know, and and of course, what that causes is massive guest requests for the radio show train wrecks to occur. <laughs> okay, and then you know, and and so uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's a powerful, mighty blessing. Praise God to to be juggling thirty plates in the air, um, kind of like praise you Jesus, praise you Jesus, hallelujah. But anyway, there, we 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 have, um, for example, Brother Benjamin Baruch. He feels passionately, very strongly passionately, that there's uh, much, much evidence. Now, now, granted, um, you know, we're, we're still have to wait and see because, you know, you got the prayers of the saints. You've got our Father relenting. You've got all kinds of dynamics that are occurring in the kingdom. But there, there are, um, there are those that that are 
that have been studying such things not only not only from earthly information information from other countries but also from a biblical standpoint and they've been correlating the earthly stuff with the things that they've learned through their study advanced studies in the bible and certain books that when you understand who the players are almost reads like a newspaper and then when you realize like i have to my own personal sadness and chagrin that well seems pretty much like the vast majority of prophecies dreams and visions don't exactly happen in the order that they were seen and in the order that they were communicated that's a very common problem and um and uh, there's stuff that's missing. You don't get the whole thing. You know, you get like, I don't know, like little snapshots of stuff. Then I saw this happen, and then I saw that happen. But then I felt like the t- that time was disoriented, and I'm not certain of this. And then I saw that happen. And you're you're hearing the and then, and then this, and then that, and then this, and then that. And your brain is assembling those things, those events, and creating an order of events. But what we, what we have been discovering is not only are we not given all the details, and not only are we not told everything. Oh, sure, sure, sooner or later, praise Jesus, somebody's going to come forward and say, well, I prophesied that this was going to happen, or I prophesied that back, you know, da, 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 da. they'll do the Nostradamus thing or whatever. Some, everybody likes to take credit for something. But there's a lot of things that have happened even recently that, to the best of my understanding, in the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of prophecy, dreams, and visions that I've studied over the last 11 years, I, not a word. Now, maybe... You know, God does say, you know, he does say in Amos 3, 7, surely the Lord God does, I'm, you know, paraphrasing, surely the Lord God does nothing without first revealing it through his servants' prophets. But the thing is, does everybody hear it? Does all 8.3 billion people on the face of the earth hear the prophecy? No. Could the prophecy have been uttered by a three-year-old mom? Does that fulfill Amos 3, 7? Technically, it does. Praise God. So, yeah, we're um, this ministry is getting bombarded right now, uh, but also blessed. We have some really wonderful, super-duper anointed guests, and uh, Sister Nancy has done a fabulous job in under duress, I might add. Uh, so she's been going through some very, very difficult times. So have I. Um, uh, and uh, we, both of us, and, and you know, uh, this, any, anyone that, that so much, I mean, if you so much as mention us, just, Father, bless them, anything, any prayers of protection, any prayers of assistance that you might even mention in just a few words to our Father on our behalf, I've, 
I sincerely do, on my knees, frequently with gushing tears, beseech the Father for a tenfold blessing upon you, your family, anointing, holy fire, divine protection, praise Jesus. I, I ask the Lord continu- continuously. When I say the word continuously, it, it, it may not be every single time I get on my knees, but it is a continuous, repetitive prayer before our Father that every single listener, every single participant of this ministry, even if you're, it's just part-time for you or once-in-a-blue-moon kind of a thing, pray that you make the barley harvest. I don't want anybody to have to suffer what's coming after that because it's going to be real bad. I've had, um, re- I've had a, a precious saint who I adore, and she has asked me to please do a show on how horrible things are going to be after the barley harvest. And the problem is I can't. And the reason why I can't is because nobody knows. Look, look, have you ever lived in a – there may be people on earth that can speak to this, but I can't. Do you know what it's like to stand – on a street in your town, in your local town, and watch houses be blown up and people screaming bloody murder and children blown to bits before your very eyes. Do you know what it feels like? Because I don't. Do any of us have any idea what it, what it is like to, 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 you know, we've seen it on TV, we've seen it on movies, we've seen mushroom clouds, we've seen the devastation, maybe we've seen, you know, who knows what we've seen. I don't know what you've seen, I know what I've seen, and I, it's, it's horrible. I know the testimonies. I've studied nuclear war. I've studied it. I've listened to testimonies that were penned by people who had seen the aftermath of these little mini-bombs that were set off in Japan. Hiroshima and Nagasaki were mini bombs. Compared to what we have today, they're so tiny. It's like it's like somebody setting off. You know those little those things that you get in the boxes at, at you know during the Fourth of July. You get the boxes. I call them snap and pops, and it's just like you know they're like these little. They, I'm not going to say what they look like, but they 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 look. Uh, never mind. But you throw them out, you know, you throw them out on the sidewalk and they go pop, pop. pop. You can throw them out. I, like I call them snapping pops. I don't know what they're actually called. They probably have a dozen different names. Imagine one of those compared to like um, Tomahawk missile blowing up. I mean, that's really kind of the difference between Nagasaki, Hiroshima versus what we have today. We have never ever, this world has never once, not at one time has it ever had a thermonuclear bomb, other than for the purpose of testing. There has never, not once, been a thermonuclear bomb bomb used to attack anything on earth only in test and it's the difference between a snap and pop and a tomahawk cruise missile so when russia says that the spot 2 with its multiple uh independent reentry vehicles or mervs that can travel at hypersonic speeds which cannot be shot down by anything that, that the united states are pretty much nobody has anything that can shoot it down you can't stop it you can't stop it 
So when they say that all it would take is two Samat two missiles to pretty much wipe out the United States, they're not joking. These are not idle threats. And we don't know the order of these events. Is it even remotely possible that there are entire chapters of these events that we haven't even heard yet? I say it is. I believe it is, and I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know what we weren't, what we didn't hear. How about that? I don't want to say that we weren't told, okay? But I do want to say, praise God, that maybe we heard Sarah Manet's rendition, and maybe Sarah Manet's rendition didn't have the part in it. Maybe she wasn't shown that particular event. All right, praise God. Um, so uh, we have to really be at the ready and be in serious prayer continuously as much as possible uh, for all things. For ourselves, physician, heal thyself. Why did Jesus say that? Because a sick, a sick doctor can't heal anybody because he's sick. So it's very important. I know I've seen the memes. I've seen people put stuff out there and say things like, if you pray for other people, then you'll never have a reason to pray for yourself. And I'm like, that is balderdash. And it's anti-biblical. It's very important that we pray for ourselves. Because if we're a sick physician, we can't serve God. Not the way we ought. We've got to pray for ourselves. We've got to pray for purification. We've got to continuously examine ourselves and pray that God will reveal things that we need to correct and that we beg him, beseech him for help correcting. Spiritual warfare, breaking of strongholds, calling down the holy fire of God to burn any entity into screaming agony that would attempt to come against you, even attempt. These are things... These are things that are just absolutely mandatory. Praying for our loved ones, praying for the lost people in different countries, praying for angels to be sent down into dreams and visions of the night all over the world. Just, oh my gosh, we have a huge burden, a prayer burden that is so important to our Father, important to our Father. And it's right now. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And on that note, let's go ahead and enter into communion. Praise your holy name, Father, and thank you for this opportunity to come before you in the midst of so many apocalyptic threats that may or may not actually happen anytime soon. We don't know. We just give all of our trust and take all of the peace that you will give us in return. In Jesus' name.
disciples were seated about you at the That I'd eagerly yearn for the supper And that the supper so with children could be fed I can only imagine the silence in the room As you passed on the bread to be told But they did not understand the reach of his plan In his love we were told to rejoice not to mourn So we gather our memories the glory of the Lamb, the one who was slain for the seed of Abraham. As we long for your coming, we imagine the feast, the King and his bride. When our waiting has ceased, as you arose and went up to heaven to speak to the heavenly courts. You lifted the cup of forgiveness. It was paid, it was done. You had power to call, and I can only imagine the thunder sound. So heaven exploded in tears. We read from our chains, and all that remains is to never give in. We are destined to win, so we gather the memories. Of our soul, destroyer of men, the lover of the light in the end of our sword, the king of holy, and the Lord of lords. For we believe in a land, all of creation. Restored by his hand, eternity, all is revealed. By the time we remember, all scars will be healed. As we long for your coming. We imagine the peace, the Lord and the bright. When our waiting has ceased, It's time for you 
generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into his marvelous light, who were once not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Therefore, as the elect of God holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you are also called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, Whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, and whatever things are of a good report. If there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate upon these things. He, Jesus, went a little further and he fell on his face and prayed, saying, O Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but as you will. Matthew twenty six thirty nine. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by the angels, preached amongst the Gentiles, believed upon in the world, and received up in the glory. Timothy three sixteen. We pray for purification based upon Psalm 51, 1 through 14. Dear Heavenly Father, 
please have mercy upon us. According to your loving kindness and according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out all of our transgressions. Wash us thoroughly from our iniquity and cleanse us from our sin. For we acknowledge our transgressions and our sin is always before us. Against you, Father, you only we have sinned and done this evil in your sight. That you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, Father, we were brought forth in iniquity and in sin our mothers conceived us. Behold, you desire truth in the inward part and in the hidden part you will make us to know your wisdom. Father, purge us with hyssop and we shall be clean. Wash us and we shall be whiter than snow. Create in us, Father, a clean Hide your face from our sin and blot out all of our iniquity. Renew a steadfast spirit within us, O Lord God. And do not cast us away from your presence. And do not allow us, Father. Help us. Help us not to grieve the Holy Spirit. And restore to us joy. Father, give us joy again. Help us to be able to remember what awaits us. Deliver us, O Father God, in Jesus' name, from any guilt of our past sins. Help us to know that we are truly forgiven and our tongues will sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord's Supper, Holy Communion. For I received the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took a cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you take it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Ani, Madodi, 
Vadodi Li. I am my beloved, and my beloved is mine.
sons of God. We are the masters of the devil, and we are the servants and foot washers of mankind. Ezekiel 22.30, so I sought for a man amongst them who would make a wall and stand in a gap before me on behalf of the land, that I should not destroy it. But I found no one. Isaiah 6.8, also we heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send who will go for us? Father, here we are, send us. And please, anoint us in such a way that we are able to serve you in even a greater manner. Isaiah 43.25 I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Put me in remembrance and let us contend together. John fourteen twelve to 14. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Isaiah 
For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. 1 John 3, 8-9. Praise God. That's our job now. Colossians 2.15 Having disarmed principalities and powers, he, Jesus, made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it, the cross. Now, I, I ponder this. So, by dying on the cross, Jesus essentially disarmed principalities and powers. And he made a public spectacle of them. Now, if the, if he made, if Jesus, as it says, made a public spectac- spectacle of them, principalities and powers, where was it that this occurred? Well, it could have only been in the demonic realm. Could have only been in the demonic realm. Praise God. So that's where the reference to public spectacle, that's where the reference of the public spectacle had to have been in the realm that the principalities and the powers reside within. Intensified prevailing prayer is God's ordained law and method for implementing his redemptive plan in this age until Jesus returns. It is the highest, the holiest, and mightiest effort of which a child of God is capable. It is God's chosen way to bring heaven's power, heaven's resources, and heaven's angels into action on the earth. Charles Spurgeon says, He who knows how to overcome with God in prayer has heaven and earth at his disposal. Intensified prayer is clothed with the might of God himself. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now, for those of you who may or may not still be with us, uh, I, I don't know. I have received reports that uh, Blog Talk Radio is having some technical difficulties. <clears throat> and for all we know, it could be something Internet-related as well. And I've even received a report that um, we're completely off the air in the live stream right now. Now, I don't know if that is the case for everybody, because when we receive these types of reports, it it is so all over the it's all over the road. Uh, in some cases, we've had reports where the entire live stream went down, or at least people were like, "We can't hear you anymore. It, nothing is working. It's all down. It's all crackly. It's making strange sounds. It's fading in. It's fading out." And then we would go back. We would continue to do the program, and we would go back later, and the podcast was perfect. I've had situations where people would say, you know. Oh my gosh, you know, the show's dropping out. This is happening. This, you know, and then they'd say, we have no sound. We have no sound. No sound alert. No sound alert. And then um, literally within 20 seconds, the, pers- the same person would come back and say, oh, I got my sound working again. And everything was fine. So, um, you know, even in the midst, it, it's fascinating. I've had situations that are just so bizarre where... It appeared that the show had gone down completely, but I continued with the program, and the entire podcast was perfect. So we never really know what we're dealing with. Sometimes it really is a problem at Blog Talk Radio, and everything is bad. The live stream, the recording, the whole thing just goes down. 
So, you know, who knows? Maybe it could be an interruption on the Internet flow between, you know, the Golden GIB studios and who knows? There's just so many variables. I've had people with Android phones that I have problems when I'm doing this with an Android. I have people, people with iPhones, and, and it's, it's only an Apple thing, and it's, it's all kinds of crazy. All right, uh, praise God. But um, just for anybody who is listening, even if it is to the podcast version at a later time, at this moment we have been receiving uh, notifications uh, that uh, there are some technical difficulties occurring. And you know what? Devil be damned. And I mean that with all of my heart. Devil be damned. Dear Heavenly Father, we raise up a golden cup of forgiveness before you, before your high, holy, supreme courts of all of the heavens and all of the universes. And Father, we pray in Jesus' name that you will pour out a golden cup of forgiveness upon all of the lands of Oceania. Father God, from the northern sides of Papa Al New Guinea to the southern sides of the, of the uh, Tahitian uh, 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 South Pacific Islands, all across Sumatra, Sulawesi, Father God, Indonesia, Malaysia, Jakarta, Father, in the name of Jesus, all of the Tasmania, the Solomon Islands. We pray for those people, Father. We hold up a golden cup of forgiveness for them, and we pray in Jesus' name, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And Father, even if they do know, we pray that you will have mercy upon them in Jesus' name. We know that you would not want one to perish, and we ask you, forgive them in Jesus' name. For Father, as Nehemiah did in chapter 1, verse 6, on behalf of all of Israel, and Daniel did on chapter 9, verse 25, on behalf of all of Israel, we confess all of their sins before thee, Father God. We confess of the sins of their first fathers and their father's fathers until before there was time. We break all yokes of bondage. We renounce all things spoken of in the darkness against all of the peoples of those lands. In Jesus' name, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive every one of them. Even if but for a time, Lord God, that we might have a breakthrough, we praise your name. Thank you, Jesus. Principalities, powers, and strongholds, spiritual hosts of wickedness and rulers of darkness and high places above the lands of Oceania, we come against you. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus and by the blood of the Lamb of God, we sever your heads with the sword of the Spirit. We call down fire swords of cherubim to cut you into pieces. We declare fire of God to launch down from the glory pillar and to burn you in this screaming agony. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. And we declare and plead with the courts of heaven for the dispatch of hundreds of trillions of legions of warrior angels, fully clad in the armor of God, diamond-tipped sword, sharp as razor blades, to cut you into pieces and to wage war against you such as never been seen since before there was time. Unclean spirits, deaf and dumb spirits, anything that cannot call Jesus Christ its Lord and Savior, binding or hindering the hearts and the minds of the lost peoples across all of the lands of Oceania. Come out in the name of Jesus, strong men. We command you, release them now. We decree in the name of Jesus for the dispatch of hundreds of trillions of legions of warrior angels to descend upon you and to strike you deaf, blind, and dumb, place you under arrest, and cast you into the pit. We declare the holy fire of God to weld the pit shut. We declare the holy fire of God to permeate the pit and to burn you into screaming agony. And we plead the blood of Jesus to seal the pit, for only the Lamb of God can break the seals. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 
Father, in Jesus' name, we declare the holy fire to surround around about every single man, woman, and child of every nation, tribe, and tongue across all of the lands of Oceania on all sides. We decree and plead the whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to blow it white hot. Let nothing unclean reenter the clean swept house. Sustain it, Father, deep into the night in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus with the whirlwind of the Holy Spirit that they may be touched. Father, we pray in Jesus' name for the crystal river, the living water, the abundant grace and mercy, Father God, to flow deep into their hearts, deep into their spirits. Father, in Jesus' name, to fertilize the soil therein, that they shall receive the seeds of these prayers. These prayers will bear fruit, and the fruit will remain in accordance with John fifteen sixteen. in Jesus' name. Father, we pray for an innumerable company of angels of light and love to descend upon them in their dreams and their visions of the night when deep sleep falls upon men to save their souls from the pit and to seal their instruction in accordance with Job 33, 14, and 15 in Jesus' name. Father, also in open and standing visions of the day, we pray, Father God, for your divine light, love, Lord Jesus, we pray in Jesus' name that you will touch them in their dreams, touch them in their visions, let them see the man in the white robe. Call them by their name in their native tongue. In Jesus' name we pray for all of the peoples of those lands to be touched in some incredible and supernatural way that the word of the Lord Jesus will spread, that people will be touched, their lives will be changed, their eternities will be changed, and many times a magnitude more members of the bride of Jesus Christ will be raised up across this world to squash and stomp the works of the devil in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Pray in Jesus' name that you will empower us like never before. We pray in Jesus' name for an anointing to come upon each and every one of us, a strength that can only come directly from the throne room. Father, empower us, anoint us, so that we may be able to absolutely destroy the works of the devil in the days ahead. That the first harvest, the harvest that is occurring even now as we speak, Father, in the name of Jesus, that it will be far greater than was even uh, planned before there was time turning the architecture of all the universes in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray and thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. And amen. Praise you, Jesus. And we will see you, Lord willing, on Friday, June the 10th. God bless you all. Lord, we come to you with repentant hearts. We seek you with all our minds. Sinners at the mercy of grace. Redeemed we are by your embrace. Praise his holy name. Praise the King of Kings. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? For you we will endure Until you come back for your bride To set her free
Write our names in your book of life. We are cleansed through your holy sacrifice as we lift your name on high. Renew our mind, renew our soul, remove the scars from our past and deem us righteous. We rebuke all deceptive lies. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then, we will endure. We are the branches on a living tree. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then, we will endure. Until you come back for your bride. To set her free Watch us as we trim our wicks Our lamps are full Our hearts are right Like those five white virgins we will be